It is impossible to make a vaccine that's completely safe. You are going to injure a certain amount of people. Government is going to mandate this product. No matter how grievous your injury or your child's injury, no matter how toxic the ingredient, no matter how sloppy the line protocols, no matter how negligent that company, you cannot sue them or redress. So there's no discovery, there's no depositions, there's no medical malpractice, there's no class actions. There's zero consequence if they kill you or if they injure you for life. That there is no liability. And for every medical product, the biggest cost is paying liability at the back end. So they said, now, you know, that's scrubbed. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to safety test them. And there's no reason to make it safe because nobody can sue you, nobody can do discovery. There's no consequence of giving you a really dangerous vaccine. With all those mandatory consumption of that product, it's a gold mine. If you can get a vaccine on the CDC schedule, it's worth a billion dollars a year typically to your company. So there was a gold rush and all of these companies rushed on CDC and captured the agency and got them to mandate all these vaccines. Some of the technological strategies that they're using to create these vaccines are quite scary and unprecedented. This vaccine doesn't work in the way that normally we're told vaccines do, where you have like a piece of a virus that's inactivated in some way and inject that in that causes an immune response and we make antibodies to it. They have to use a special technology so it's not like a regular vaccine where there's just a syringe with one needle and a liquid containing whatever's in the vaccine and they just put it in. This has three needles. So the needle in the middle is the typical type that the material would flow through. But the other two needles on either side are actually electrodes. And what they do is they generate an electric current inside of our cells. And this creates what's called electroporation. And what happens is that the electricity causes the cell membranes to create little holes called pores. And then the genetic material can enter the cell through those pores, whereas normally it, it, the cell membrane would be a barrier and keep the genetic material outside the cells. So they're using this technique and they're basically, this is a form of gene therapy. So they would actually be changing the genetic makeup of our own cells in the local area where they're injecting this. And I think this is something that could be used for, for all sorts of purposes that we may not know about because we don't really know what these genes represent. Uh, remember, I was talking about the source of this genetic material is undetermined. The thing that keeps coming back to my mind about Bill Gates, he made a statement uh, to the effect of, through vaccines and family planning, we could reduce the world's population by 15%. And 15% of the world's population is somewhere around 1 billion people, billion with a B. He certainly made other statements recently that basically we will not be able to get back to any kind of normalcy in our day-to-day -day lives. And he specifically mentioned things like concerts or sporting events at arenas where you have large gatherings of people until every single person is vaccinated. He's also talking about having like this vaccination passport 
or this tattoo or this ink that kind of shows you've had the vaccination and then that allows you, like you said, to congregate, to travel on airplanes, almost puts you in this high social score. And yes, there is this invisible ink tattoo, um, which I believe was uh, attempted to be implemented on some children um, in Southern Africa, uh, but was rejected by the local people there, uh, rightfully so. All right, welcome to the TylerBlender.com live streaming show. Today we're doing a show on getting ready for Human 2.0. And it's kind of a jab and kind of joking around a little bit. And also a bit of maybe there should have been a question mark at the end of that. Because I think that's mainly what I'd like to do today is go through and just double check uh, my audio there. And then also go through today and check on what is some of the stuff uh, known as like mRNA uh, vaccines or mRNA technology or these new Moderna vaccines specifically, maybe going into that a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, YouTube taking my live stream down, you know, things like that. But hey, YouTubers, hey, fact checkers, uh, today we're really just going to be pulling up like, uh, you know, some videos that might be s somewhat more controversial, but I'll be, you know, pointing out some main mainstream references and materials and artifacts that we can go over to learn and go on a journey today to discover a little bit more about what some of this stuff is, because I've been looking into that myself and basically have turned into an article junkie uh, with the Grand Theft World podcast and with the show I've been doing, the format today maybe a little bit more Grand Theft Worldy because it kind of makes sense with my workflow to build out the show and have clips to share uh, that maybe coincides with what we're going to be talking about tonight on Grand Theft World, maybe not. Um, that way, you know, maybe I could, you know, give some more context or provide a different angle as we head into another live stream tonight for the Grand Theft World podcast. Check that out over at thegrandtheftworld.com, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Just making sure I have the right buttons here to push. I'm going to go into a screen share here and just talk about uh, the live show can be seen at tylerblur.com slash live if you'd like to you can hop into the discord server there uh, and you can hop into my discord server from there and from there if you were in my discord server and you wanted to hop into the live streaming room I could then pipe you into the show and have you ask a question uh, I've thought about that in the past I had that set up in the past um, if I hop in there, the point was, was to be able to pipe in Discord. Let's see. Let me make sure I can do this still the way that I'm thinking. There we go. There's my mic. And then let's see. That should do it. Hmm. Hopefully I'm not going to cause a problem by doing this on the live stream. Let's, let me just make sure I check on that. Anyway. So then if you were in this room, I could bring you into the live stream and you could ask a question of me live instead of through the next method, which would be through what I've set up here, which is Streamlabs uh, tips. And so there's a little area where you can come in and tip the show, ask a question. I'll read it out loud on the show. I still need to integrate that into Streamlabs OBS here, which I've started using this week. So a few new things as usual. I'm trying new software, trying out new things. 
this week uh, you can see me over here on Streamlabs. I'll put that up there for a minute. You can see the new Streamlabs interface there. What I need to do is integrate the uh, chat thing so that when it comes in on the screen, like you'll be able to see that on the live stream and then you can see the person's question. I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet, but I'll go back and double check like before the show's over to see if there was any questions that came in through there. Uh, also on tylerbloyer.com, if you hit this menu icon and donate, you can go and donate. I'm not usually asking for donations or I'm not usually setting up for tips, but I'm you know planning for the future here. I plan to do more shows, more live streaming. I would like to buy more equipment. I would like to buy a new mic. This one I've been using for over five years now. And ways that I would use those funds would be to increase the production value of the show, to be able to bring on more guests, do more streaming, and uh, can finish off my Thor computer, which we'll talk about someday maybe. Other things like that. It doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with the audio after I've changed the settings on the fly like that, so we should be good. What else is on the docket to cover before we dive into some of the things that I wanted to cover today? Uh, again, you know, maybe we should just start out talking about what transhumanism is. Transhumanism. Transhumanism. <laughs> and, uh, get the article pulled up here that I wanted to cover on that. First, I think we should start out with this quote that I had on the screen here uh, from Frank Herbert. And it says, experts and specialists lead you quickly into chaos. They're a source of useless nitpicking, the ferocious quibble over a comma. I thought that was a good thing, uh, Frank Herbert um, from the Dune and, you know, just opening it up here talking about the experts and the scientists and some, some other things I was reading this week about, like, American opinion. I think we'll talk be talking about that in a Rockefeller uh, document here coming up. Uh, but there was a specific article that I had up. When we go through, I'm just going to, I'm just going to have to pull it up. We'll do it live. Because let me just do this quick juxtapose these two articles together. All right. So, oh, here, here it is. So there's this article on transhumanism. And it says transhumanism, let's just get a definition from Info Galactic Encyclo Online Encyclopedia here. Uh, let's see if I can make that bigger for you there for the moment on the screen. Transhumanism is the international and intellectual movement that aims to transform the human condition by developing and creating widely available sophisticated technologies to greatly enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capabilities. Transhumanists thinkers study the potential benefits and dangers of emerging technologies that could overcome fundamental human limitation, as well as the ethics of using such technologies. The most common thesis that the human beings may eventually be able to transform themselves into different beings with the ability to greatly expand from the natural conditions as to merit the label of post-human beings okay 
so that we could go follow up on these references and I'll put this link in the chat or I mean not in the chat in the show notes to this episode and you should go and follow up on those references and links but the point being that it's basically saying that you take technology or some kind of external environmental control enhance the human condition intellectually physically or psychologically and adapt into where the human becomes post-human to where we've adapted beyond uh, human beingness into something you know beyond human so transhuman right so that's the definition i mean it's pretty straightforward definition um now because i'm kind of having an issue finding the articles on the fly that i wanted let's pull this next one up so will the covid vaccine make you transhuman this is like kind of like a debunk article if you go google like transhumanism covid19 vaccine right and the youtube video is not here only kind of can wonder what was there before <laughs> uh, let's just start out this article though it says uh, two years ago, in October 2018, Forbes contributor Neil Sahota, a United Nations artificial intelligence advisor and a UC Irvine professor, warned that transhumanism is fast approaching, likely faster than you think. In the few years, there, will, there has been considerable discussion. This is a quote from that person, uh, Neil Sahota. In the past few years, there has been considerable discussion around the idea that we are slowly merging with our technology and that we are becoming transhuman with updated abilities, including enhanced intelligence, strength, and awareness, Sahota writes. The goal of the transhumanist movement, or Human 2.0, is, uh, is to transcend biology into technology, or as Dr. Kerry Madej explains in the video above <laughs> there's no video here to meld human biology with technology and artificial intelligence and that could just be bad management uh, but yeah to meld us with artificial intelligence and technology so those are like getting us to the idea of what transhumanism is if you weren't aware of the concept at all and we'll you know be get asking the question later are the technologies that we're talking about with some of these vaccines that are being used uh, transhuman based on these definitions here that we've just read you know like are they seeking to enhance human biology human biological and psychological and you know biological are our immune systems being a part of our biology are the technologies being implemented uh, making us more closer to transhumanism or further away from transhumanism that can kind of be the question that we're that we're going to go over uh, so let's see, just making sure things are showing up on the screen here properly. One Man Studio. Doesn't look like there are any issues with the live stream. Looks like we have a few live viewers. Hello, live viewers out there. Thank you for watching. Today we're exploring uh, getting ready for Human 2.0. And obviously anyone who's followed like transhumanism and Ray Kurzweil and all that stuff for a while now is not now just starting to hear about this uh okay so this article let's go into this a little bit further uh it's it's on organic consumer association will the covid vaccine make you transhuman and we'll see what they have to say here standing at the crossroads of transhumanism according to madej right now today we might be standing at the literal crossroads of transhumanism think 
thanks to the vast approaching release of one or more mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Many of the COVID-19 vaccines currently being fast-tracked are not conventional vaccines. They're designed to aim by manipulating your very biology. And their design is aimed at, at manipulating your very biology and therefore have the potential to alter the biology of the entire human race. Conventional vaccines train your, train your body to recognize and respond to the proteins of a particular virus by injecting small amounts of an actual viral protein into your body, thereby triggering an immune response and uh, develop and the development of antibodies. This is not what happens with the mRNA vaccine. The theory behind the vaccine is that when you inject the mRNA into your cells, it will stimulate the cells into manufacturing their own viral protein. The mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, the first of its kind, will be the first of its kind. No mRNA vaccine ever has ever been licensed before. And to add insult to injury, they're forgoing all animal safety testing. Yeah, they're warp speeding it in, right? Medez reviews some of the background of certain individuals participating in the race for the COVID-19 vaccine, which include Moderna co-founder Derek Rosie, a Harvard researcher who successfully reprogrammed stem cells using the modified RNA, thus changing function of the stem cells. Moderna was founded on the concept of being able to modify human biological functions through genetic engineering. That, but that's not transhumanism though, right? But let's just see really quick. Like I just want to put this up to Google search of COVID-19 vaccine transhuman and just see like some of the top results we get. Uh, Washington Post lies about the coronavirus vaccine and transhumanism. Will COVID-19 vaccine make you transhuman? This is the article we're reading now. That's like the third result. And then the rest of these talk a lot about how it's like all conspiracy theory. This one, the coronavirus vaccines are coming, which means so is the disinformation. And that's going to come up later in this in this live broadcast as well. Um, basically, they go through in this article, which I was reading on my on my walk right before the show. And they call it out a little bit. They say that it's not true. And then they don't really refute, though, like how I'm doing here with like definitions of what transhumanism is versus what these mRNA vaccines are doing. And in a way, if you read through the, between the lines in this article, they kind of just really admit that that's it, that is kind of what's happening. I mean, maybe that's totally my 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 reading into it here. But uh I would encourage you to do that, like go look through some of these main articles, not to like just believe everything they say. That'd be interesting to see what this YouTube video is here, wouldn't it be? Oh yeah, it's not there. Doing it live. All right, back to this article. Side effects that should be expected as mentioned, the mRNA vaccine are designed to instruct your cells to make the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. And the glycoprotein that attaches to the ACE2 receptor of the cell. This is at the stage of the stage 2 process viruses used to gain entry into the cells. The idea is that by creating a SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, your immune system will mount the response and will begin producing antibodies to the virus.
However, as reported by the vaccine reaction, the researchers have pointed out potential weaknesses. According to the researchers at University of Pennsylvania Duke University, mRNA vaccines have potential safety issues, including local and system systemic inflammation and stimulation of auto-reactive antibodies and autoimmunity, as well as development of edema, swelling of the blood and blood clots. Systemic inflammation, auto-reactive antibodies, and autoimmune problems are not insignificant concerns, and in fact, these are the large part over the past one. Okay, I'm just sorry. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. So, uh, I thought that they came to like a better conclusion here in this article. It says, here's the whole article from Mercola. So if we keep reading through what you need to know about the delivery system. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Madej goes into the goes in on to discuss how the mRNA vaccine is going to be administered. Rather than conventional injection, the vaccine would be administered using a microneedle platform. Not only can it be mass-produced quickly, but it can also be administered by anyone and is a simple acting as an adhesive bandage into your arm. So these are kind of like the next phase of these uh, Moderna mRNA vaccines. I've heard about this. It's like a band-aid, basically, that you like stick on your arm and it slowly like gives you the vaccine i'm not sure everything about it but okay so human 2.0 is already here what's this oh this is uh this would be good to play really or put in the show notes this this looks like this article that just came media. out that just came out human 2.0 is almost here the transhumanist agenda just went mainstream so that is definitely going to have to go into the show notes here so i mean what some of these more mainstream articles going and saying that this is not transhumanism the washington post coming out and saying like correction you know this is not this is disinformation it's not it's not reprogramming anything in your dna blah 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 and so like they're they're taking transhumanism redefining it into it has to be this thing about reprogramming your dna and if it's not that then it's not transhuman no we go back you know the general definition of transhumanism is that uh anything that's you know using sophisticated technologies to greatly enhance human intellectual physical and psychological capabilities well what is a vaccine that goes in and uses messenger or uh this mRNA to reprogram your cells into responding in a certain way. What do you call that? That sounds like software that would go in and do that, right? So let's go into our next clip. Let's find out what I had lined up next here. And we just want to go into talk a little bit about with Dr. Carrie Medellin here. Let's see what she has to say. Some of these videos are obviously being taken down. Maybe we can find one that gets... Uh, some she of the said, information uh, out of what she's trying to talk about. I think I plan to play maybe four or five minutes of this clip here with uh, Carrie Medej. That will be able to tell us so what do you think about going from human 1.0 to human 2.0? Um, and what does that mean? 
These are well, computer going from chips. humans okay. as we now know. So before we watch human the two today, I want us to review. Whoops. Sorry about that, guys. It looks like I had a other clip playing, and that's why I should keep my monitor headphones on because it looks like there was another clip playing for who knows how long. Hopefully, yeah, it was just when I opened the, those two articles there. But yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll play this uh, clip from Carrie. So what do you think about going from human 1.0 to human 2.0? Um, and what does that mean? Well, going from humans as we now know, ourselves to human 2.0 has something to do with transhumanism. If you're not familiar with that term, it's about uh, taking uh, humans as we know ourselves and melding with artificial intelligence. Um, kind of like being in the matrix, if you've ever seen that movie. And that may seem kind of cool to you. Uh, we might have some superhuman abilities, maybe uh, be able to think of something um, and it happens uh, maybe have some physical abilities that would be almost superhuman-like. That's the idea, that's what you see in sci-fi movies. And for myself, thinking about this topic, I'm like, well, I have some time, I think that's many years in the future. However, this, this question, this idea is now right in this moment. We need to make a decision. And I found out that we need to make a decision about this because I investigated the proposed COVID-19 vaccine. And this is my alarm call to the world. Um, I looked at the pros and cons and it frightens me. And I want you to know about this. You need to be very well informed because this new vaccine is not like your normal flu vaccine. This is something very different. This is something brand new. This is something completely experimental on the human race. And it's not just about being a different vaccine. There are technologies that are being introduced with this vaccine that can change the way we live, who we are and what we are, and very quickly. I think that, um, you know, some people that you might know these names, uh, Elon Musk, who is the founder of SpaceX and uh, Tesla Automotive, as well as Ray Kurzweil, who is one of the, um, the big wigs of Google. Uh, these are um, self-proclaimed transhumanists. They believe that we should go to human 2.0 and they are very big proponents of this. Um, there's a lot of other people that you might know their names. They're also involved with this, so you should look that up. I think the easiest way to explain this to you is to go with one of the front runners for the vaccine and go into a little bit of the history and tell you how they want to make the vaccine. And I think that will speak volumes. So for instance, Moderna is one of the front runners for the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, you should know that Moderna was founded um, by a person from Harvard, Derek Rossi. And this researcher actually was successful in taking some modified RNA and being able to reprogram a stem cell in the body and change the function of the stem cell, he actually made it genetically modified, okay? So you can, he proved that you can genetically modify something by using modified RNA. So they founded the company Moderna on this concept. It's kind of a new kid on the block, okay? It's not been around that long. In fact, it hasn't even made any vaccine for a human before. It's made no medicine for a human before. This will be their first run. 
You must know that Moderna was in the news recently because it really fast tracked. It's, it's like the other companies, it's fast tracking the vaccine. It's going from phase one to phase two very, very quickly. In fact, it's gone from phase one to phase three and it's experiments from March of this year until currently. I mean, that is unbelievable. It usually takes five or six years. How are they able to do this with the safety and efficacy data that we need? Um, and I want you to know that in phase two, we only use between, they're only using between 30 and 45 humans. In Moderna's test study, they only used 45 humans. And with the, uh, the high dose vaccine, group, they got 100% of those people got systemic side effects, 100. That's only in the short side effect profile. In the low dose vaccine, 80%, 80% got systemic side effects. Now we don't even know the long-term side effects from that. We would need a lot longer time, right? Maybe years. But we do know based on previous animal studies of using this technology that you're going to, you can expect possibly increase cancer rates, increase mutant genes, mutagenesis, also increase autoimmune reactions. For instance, in some of the ferret studies, they saw that when the ferret was introduced to the, the virus that they were trying to protect the ferret from after the ferret got the vaccine, they actually had an exaggerated immune response. It actually hurt the ferret. They had more lung inflammation, more lung fluid, even some problems with their liver. It actually hurt them. They had a poor... ...into the ferrets there. It looks like that's the point where YouTube decided to take the live stream down. So don't worry, guys. We're over at tylerblair.com slash live. You can still uh, catch the show. Uh, there shouldn't be a problem with that. So let's just go get the tylerblair.com uh, live stream. Takes it down. And we're also live streaming on Facebook and Twitch and DLive and Float. So let's just get those out there really quick. So here's the back end of the production a little bit. Here's uh, Facebook where we're live streaming. Here's DLive where we're live streaming. Here's Twitch where we're live streaming. Uh, due to community guideline strikes or some issue with <laughs> Facebook, they've taken it off the live stream. Here's Float, where we're live streaming. Uh, so still plenty of options. You can see that the people over at YouTube don't want to hear Carrie, uh, that Dr. Carrie Medej say, and hopefully that's how you say her last name. It's not just like Medej, Medej, I don't know. Medej sounds like whatever. Um, Apparently, they don't want that information to be talked about on YouTube. Uh, I don't know why. She was just saying you should look into it. Here's uh, some information about transhumanism. Go look into Ray Kurzweil and some of these other folks, right? And apparently, that's enough to get uh, the stream right there taken off of YouTube for having a doctor talking about some of her concerns about the COVID-19 vaccine. So isn't that interesting? We'll see. Sometimes they've, you know, come and brought the stream back up automatically so we'll see if that's what happens this time i'm assuming they will not do that so moving right along uh let's get into another clip that i wanted to bring up here and that like i said is that's interesting and we should be asking the questions that i think that she was asking there and we should look into that some of that information uh and then go on and watch the rest of that video you can find it in the show notes to this 
uh, post once I get this all posted up with all the show notes. Let me just clear out some of these tabs here. Do a little housekeeping and see what we have on deck next, which is, well, actually, I have a few more clips from the, from her. So let, let's go ahead and share those. Uh, let me just share my screen again here. Uh, there we go. And if you go on BitChute and search for her, you'll get uh, some other interviews that I think you should also go check out. And let's just hear a little bit more of what she has to say. Another thing to know is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the DARPA, again, that Pentagon um, uh, agency, they actually have been funding something called gene drive research or gene extinction technology. And it's just like you might believe it is. It's about extinction or species extinction. They propose to use this, and they have funded many millions of dollars to this, to exterminate a species from the planet. They are proposing to do this with the mosquitoes in Africa and other things and plants. Again, did anyone talk about this but these two agencies? So if they can go ahead and exterminate a species from the planet, that could extrapolate to humans. What if there's a species or a race they don't like? That's a potential. And how do they do this? They do it by mutagenesis, mutating a gene through, again, this word called transfection. Transfection is a way to manipulate the DNA. And then you can mutate a gene. That's actually the same technology they're using in this new vaccine they're proposing for COVID-19. You guys, we have to know the motivation behind these vaccines. What is the intent? Why are they rushing it? Also, you need to know that with the vaccines, if we get hurt, if people are killed, if people are paralyzed, if they get cancer, not one person has recourse. We cannot sue, we don't have a voice because they passed in the United States two mandates to protect the vaccine manufacturers and anyone who administers them from all liability, all liability. So, first of all, there's a 1986 Vaccine Act. Look that up. That already exempted them from any liability. Then, just to really cover their, their tracks, in February of 2020, Alex Azar went ahead of the United States went ahead and passed an Emergency Preparedness Act, which included complete zero liability for all the vaccine manufacturers once again. So there's two mandates. And also through the Emergency Preparedness Act, they can force vaccination on population if there is no known treatment for the infection. There's more of a stuff there. Let's see what else I got here. Um, there were doctors that were writing patients off as dead. This is a different uh, nurse now this time, and I'm only going to play just a few minutes of here just to get uh, a little bit of it, the information out, what she has to say. With the time of death, paperwork done before they were even dead, and then telling us nurses... Don't code them, they're gonna die anyway. The orders were coming down from Cuomo, essentially, and they were going to the administrators. The administrators, they all knew what was going on. And and that's why they they would 
threaten us so hard that if we said anything, we would immediately go home. You know, we were all on gag orders. Why? There are more and more medical professionals speaking up about this. And, you know, eventually there's going to be too many of us to ignore. And I hope that that's the case. And, you know, I'm going to continue the fight. And, you know, there's other doctors and nurses that are, are stepping up and saying, you know what? Enough is enough. We're all on the same page. We all see the same thing. We all know that it has been a mass genocide of patients and we're going to talk about it. And if nurses are the most trusted profession in, in the United States and I think around the world, then I hope that people will be open to hearing from us because honestly, at the end of the day, we have everything to lose. Some of us have, I have everything we can, but in nothing to gain, you know, except to stand on the right side of history and to make sure that history never repeats itself and to stop the corruption before it gets any worse. This COVID vaccine is worse because it is an mRNA vaccine. It is going to permanently change people's DNA. This is something that you can't just detox from. This is going to be permanent. I ultimately believe that this is going to cause a mass genocide in, in our population. It's going to be a very, very bad thing. And I really, really hope that people open their eyes and honestly, like really look into this research. There's absolutely no reason we need a vaccine for a virus that with a 99.9% .9 survival rate. Yeah, so that... That woman's name is uh, Aaron Waskulski. Let's see. Probably just butchered that. Aaron Olsinski. Olsinski. And you can find more information about what she was saying there in the show notes. Um, and be able to go read up on some of the stuff that she's been saying throughout the year. And I, I, I brought that in because I wanted to show that there were uh, nurses and doctors out there who are putting out their voice and their content to counter the narrative somewhat that's out there about just these vaccines just being completely safe, completely effective. There's no issues whatsoever with any of uh, the stuff that's happening. You know, there's no reason to question it is like the mainstream view. And I, I just don't understand that. I, and that's why I'll continue to do that and have continued to, to do that with vaccines in particular. Uh, and any any medical device or apparatus or technology that I may consume or am responsible for uh, deciding if my family is gonna you know participate in uh, the medical experiment at this point as we're seeing with with what they're doing here I mean there there's no way they've had enough time to test these things out and get the results so what's happening really is that the test is live right now uh, on this population of people that are going to be taking these first rounds of vaccines and you can see them uh, coming out and changing the rules in the UK you know shortly after the people started taking them because they're on the fly making up what they're doing as they go but because people trust and have so much trust and faith in the people with the white lab coats and scientists they don't end up questioning any of it and uh, it's a big problem you know that but according to uh, some of the th articles that I'm going to go through here um, later on, you know, the biggest problem is that people don't just trust what the scientists and doctors tell them and that Americans actually ask questions and there's people that actually don't just listen to everything they're told to believe and don't ask any questions about things that are obviously causing a problem. And like uh, 
Aaron just said, like uh, Nurse Aaron having uh, 99.9 or whatever, 99.7% survival rate, but we're supposed to take this experimental vaccine that may, you know, cause anaphylactic problems or could cause severe immune responses and other things that the virus could potentially do up to and in death and including death. But that's, you know, worth doing for something that's mainly survivable. I mean, that's just right there. It just doesn't make any sense. But they're just, you know, damn assured that they're going to move forward with this stuff, regardless of any of the ivermectin uh, data that's come out that shows that, you know, if you actually are ill, that there's a, a there are, you know, uh, supplements and other uh, pharmaceuticals, nutraceuticals and other uh ways of treating your body to be able to have it, you know, have a healthy response to the, the virus or whatever it is in the environment that's making the body ill. There are other solutions, but the way that we're being fed from the mainstream media or from Operation Warp Speed Donald Trump or from any of the people like Bill Gates and things like that is like that we have to have these vaccines and that, you know, we should just line up and take them even if they're not proven to work or even stop the spread of the virus but you know we should definitely just line up and take experimental uh vaccines and just be the first in line to go do that you know no thanks from my side of the house here but let's split let's switch to another clip here someone else who has issues getting their stuff taken off places like the youtube which it looks like they just permanently have stopped the stream which you could decide you know what you think about that and if you think the information I've shared so far here is information that should not be allowed to be on YouTube or whatever, like like I even care. Uh, let's go to another clip here from this is Dell Bigtree from the High Wire uh, talking about uh, maybe some other causes for concern or things like that. This week in the United States, uh, the probably the biggest story is Pfizer's vaccine rollout. Um, that was FDA giving it an emergency use authorization. And uh, take a look at this. This is what it looked like. It's approved. Well, this is our ticket out of this pandemic. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. This means we get to get back to normalcy. The FDA has officially given the green light for the emergency use authorization for the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. About 3 million doses of Pfizer's vaccine are expected to be shipped this weekend, the beginning of what will be the largest vaccination effort in American history. The U.S. government has agreed to buy 100 million doses from Pfizer by March. Distribution of the vaccine will be a military-level operation. They will be flown around the country, and 747s like this one here at Whirlport, UPS's largest air hub, and in containers just like the one you see here in the cargo hold. Phase 1A has been recommended by a CDC uh, advisory committee for healthcare workers and people who live in long-term care facilities like nursing homes. 33,150 doses were received today here in the state of California. ICU nurse Sandra Lindsay was the first person in the U.S. to get vaccinated. This should be significant for all of us as it signifies hope, healing, restoration of public health and public safety. I have looked at the process. I've looked at the process. It's extremely safe, folks. Just listen to me. 
Even though I'm not even really all that trained in any of this stuff, I'm just basically a mouthpiece for the New World Order and Bill Gates. I guess that's where it decided to freeze up on me. That's all right. There was, you know, again, this is talking about more like the Pfizer vaccine, not necessarily the Moderna one, and I haven't done enough into knowing about all the different uh, ins and outs of what the different companies are producing. So I won't be able to speak to that too much today, but uh, just an interesting clip again showing that the urgency seems to be far outweighing the concerns about safety here and things like that. Quite interesting that we're so consumed with the solution that uh, we can't seem to see through any of the potential risk, you know. Um, COVID-19 vaccine passport, jumping right into this Washington Street Journal article here, uh, could help life return to normal, but experts urge caution. As the West's first authorized COVID-19 shots were administered in the UK, an old ethical question in public health is gaining new relevance. Is there a case for issuing a proof of immunity to people who have been inoculated? The idea is that the individual could stop wearing masks and follow social distancing rules if they can prove that they've been inoculated and so aren't a risk to others, which they don't really even know yet if that's true or if that's how that works. Uh, you know, just because you're inoculated, which is not even the right word to use here either. These aren't even regular, normal vaccines, you know, that work the same way. Restaurant theaters and offices could reopen and confidence by admitting those certified. I mean, this just sounds like an article written by the software people that are creating the software behind this. Like they're just out trying to sell you on their new techn technological gadgets that they're creating for COVID-19. Let's watch a little bit of this video. This is Maggie Keenan. She's the first patient to get the COVID-19 shot in the UK, the first Western nation to launch a mass vaccination program amid the pandemic. Britain becomes a testing ground in the West. You know, in some parts of the world, vaccines have been rolled out already, notably the Russian vaccine and the Chinese vaccine. These vaccines have not uh, undergone basically the rigorous process of, of testing and approval that this vaccine has gone through and is going through. To tackle the massive logistical challenge of vaccinating millions of people as quickly as possible, the country's National Health Service, or NHS, is bringing doctors out of retirement and deploying tens of thousands of volunteers. This, this is just so exciting. It's a momentous occasion. The NHS has been planning extensively um, to, to deliver the largest vaccination program in our history. So how did the UK get here so quickly? And how is it trying to vaccinate much of its population at record speed? Today, we can announce that the government has accepted the recommendation from the Independent uh, Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency to approve the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine for distribution across the United Kingdom. Technically, it's not a permanent approval, rather an authorization for emergency use that allows the vaccine to be immediately delivered to vulnerable groups. One reason the UK might have moved faster than the US is the sheer size of the regulatory agencies. The MHRA has a staff of roughly 1,300, 
while the FDA has a staff of around 17,000. It's obviously a much bigger market. They have a slightly different procedure. They are going through the data perhaps in a different way. As BioNTech and Pfizer scientists were busy behind the scenes developing their vaccine, the NHS was making sure hospitals had the equipment needed, including freezers, to store vaccines at a very low temperature of around negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit. And it trained staff on how to administer the shots, like in this hospital in the city of Coventry. We expect quite quickly to go up to about 400 a day, and then beyond that, 500 and above. And we're putting plans in place already. We're starting to plan if we need to increase that, where do we go next? Well, the UK strategy for the rollout is to first give it to the most vulnerable people who are at risk of death uh, by COVID-19. And that means that there will be uh, probably kind of mobile teams bringing it to the old people's homes, bringing it to care homes. The NHS has designated 50 hubs in hospitals across England where vaccines are being shipped, mostly by truck from a factory in Belgium, which comes with huge logistical challenges as the vaccine needs to be stored at such a cold temperature. BioNTech Pfizer vaccine requires two doses per person, so everyone who gets it will need a second shot three to four weeks after their first one. The shots will be distributed to people based on a nine-tier priority list, with an estimated six million people who would get them first. We are aiming for um, those aged over 80, uh, care home staff, um, and then, of course, um, our health and social care family. The U.S. has announced a similar strategy to prioritize the elderly and healthcare workers. In the U.K., the government has also said later on it could turn sports centers and conference halls into mass vaccination centers. It's amazing to see the vaccine coming out. It's amazing to see this tremendous you know, shot in the arm for the entire nation but we can't afford to relax now. The UK has rolled out emergency mass vaccinations before, like in the 1960s for smallpox and 2010 for the swine flu. But the COVID-19 shot will be the first time this specific type of mRNA vaccine is used. Since the COVID-19 vaccine is so new, the world will be watching for any potential long-term side effects, as well as anything more they can learn about its effectiveness. So far in the trials, the, the side effects have been minor. What happens now is when, in the case of an emergency authorization, normally authorities should be keeping uh, tabs on every single person who receives the vaccine, and they should be monitoring whatever side effects come uh, in the immediate aftermath of, of the vaccination. Several other pharmaceutical companies are racing to develop and get approval for their own COVID-19 vaccines. They'll be watching Pfizer's supply chain closely, as they expect intense demand for their product. The U.S., which could also authorize the Pfizer vaccine in December, will have its eye out on any potential obstacles in the U.K. rollout. Pfizer has already had to cut its shipment projections for 2020 in half because of supply chain issues. This is the kind of first time that a vaccine will be administered in a country where, where there will be very close and meticulous monitoring, both from the regulators, from by the scientists, by the companies, and obviously by the general public and the media.
Alright, so there you go. So there's just a little bit more information. That was kind of the goal today is to be able to give some context on, you know, what do you think about this experimental, completely new type of vaccine that uh, goes in and modifies uh, messaging and cellular structure and, uh, you know, is basically taking software and going in and uh, changing things inside of your body uh, with something that coming up, you know, the next steps into that are actually continuing down that road of having things injected inside of you, which can then modify your body, modify your biology, that is basically a form of technology uh, that is becoming somewhat mandated. I mean, there's a lot of people in a position where they will be, you know, at risk to losing their job or completely changing their lives if they choose not to but most people are going to go right along with with what's being rolled out here uh no no questions asked so you know i mean what the people that are deciding not to do these things are they even having a choice i mean if someone's next to you who has like some kind of modified uh, vir RNA virus in them that's that's changing their cellular technology. I mean, what what's the possibility of that? You know, having an effect on you. What if that's your partner? What if that's your child? What if they're getting that kind of stuff from school at, or something like that? Uh, but let's see. Let's see what uh, the good old uh, Rockefellers here have to say uh, about this problem. Uh, some of the stuff that. Uh, we're kind of going over here today. So what is this document? This is from the Rockefeller Foundation Resetting America's Response uh, Resetting of America's Response to COVID-19 so that we need to take back control of how America is responding to COVID-19 that the, we hear at the Rockefeller Foundation who love you so much. And there's a bunch of different articles in here. There's a bunch of different plans and agendas and things you can go read about in here. I pulled up one of them and was reading through. And let's see if we can make that bigger for the people tuning in at home. Maybe just squeeze it in a little over here like this. Uh -huh. Pull it back actually like this. Okay, so uh, down here on page 25 of this uh, Taking Back Control a resetting of America's response to COVID-19. It says, like all new disease outbreaks, scientific understanding of COVID-19 is evolving constantly and public health advice change changes as more is learned, creating an environment of uncertainty that is ripe with unintentional misinformation as people struggle to learn new science and are confused by intentional disinformation from malicious actors Helping people find trustworthy information is compounded by the sheer number of news outlets and social media platforms. Their inconsistent policies of addressing inaccurate information complicates uh, information complicate the public health response. For addressing inaccurate information, complicate I think they mean complicated complicates the health the public health response. In this pandemic, the infodemic of misinformation and disinformation is putting lives at risk and must be addressed. To the void, too many Americans are consuming misleading, confusing, false, or even harmful information. Everything from the utility of masks, the science of social distancing, 
to the safety of vaccines. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't even question the safety of vaccines with they're getting misleading information. And thousands have died as a result. Right. But thousands haven't died or millions haven't died at the result of Rockefeller uh, initiated medicine, Rockefeller type drugs and uh, allopathic based medicine, which is killing people, um, even just the misuse of that medical system. And then I thought this was interesting. The majority of Americans would get routine testing for COVID-19 if offered at work and would allow their child to get tested routinely. Is that like an ad? Like what is like a well placed like thought? <laughs> Read more on page 52. It's like a nice magazine. Oh, thanks. I'm glad that you just injected that thought in there. And what, what, what's this here? Demand for vaccine information. Researchers from the first draft news find that demand for vaccine information is high and the supply of credible information is low, which fuels a cacophony of voices and narratives. From bad actors to create an environment of extreme uncertainty and mistrust of institutions and leaders, this requires meeting the demand for accurate, clear, credible information from newsrooms, tech platforms, trusted community leaders, and government leadership. Because all those people know exactly how vaccines work, right? And how, how uh, the technology inside them works. And you should just trust those people, right? Because there's not a, like a whole risk problem set up. There's not an issue with liability or anything like that. Where if you are injured, these uh, companies can't be held accountable. And there's nothing like that. There's no you know millions of people who've already been injured. There's not problems in Africa or India with any, any of the vaccines at all. So like why people even bother questioning anything we tell them? You can't get their heads around it. This is critical stage in the COVID-19 pandemic. As vaccines slowly roll out amid a surge of COVID-19 infections and deaths, deaths, increasing rates of vaccine skepticism threaten to jeopardize our response efforts. Recent surveys by Pew Research and Gallup found that only 51 to 60% of respondents said they would get a COVID-19 vaccine if they were available today, well below the 70% threshold needed to, to achieve herd immunity. <laughs> and then there's like five references there to that. Um, yeah, so their big issue is that you're just not trusting them. Look, trusted information sources, according to a survey that we took, 67% of Americans believe scientists, doctors, and health experts and have a low uh, belief for these other things here, radio, television, journalists, newspapers, the World Health Organization. They're just not listening. But look at that, scientists, doctors, and health experts, they've got you there. Is Bill, is Bill Gates a scientist or a doctor and a health expert when it comes to your health? Is he an expert in health? No, he's an investor in vaccines. He's invested his uh, fortune and all his uh, shareholders and all people that are interested in the stuff that he's doing and all his buddies' money have all gone into this thing. Uh, so when he's out there telling you about the safety and uh, efficacy of these vaccines... He, you know, why are we trusting him? Where does he fall on this? There's like propaganda, basically. <laughs> the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the World Health Organization, you know. But anyway, so that's their big problem that they're trying to solve here in this section of this article. And they have ways of building back trust, you know, newsroom education, community-led responses, accessible data on the pandemic. So they're out They're out in front of this. The good, the good people over there at the Rockefeller foundation or are, are here to help so there's no 
there's no problems in the show notes. I'm also going to put in, um, more just general information about mRNA vaccines. So you can decide for yourself if, uh, this is human 2.0 or not. And some information here that we're going over on operation warp speed that I had pulled up. But for now, I'd like to just go into some research from Spiro and one of the videos that he did recently. Let me just read my notes on this really quick. Yeah, I was just going to play about six minutes of this clip. So let me get uh, this clip staged up and we'll just continue on down this uh, good old rabbit hole that we've gone down in this episode. Welcome, everyone. I'm Spiro with ActivistPost.com. Thanks for tuning in. Now, the Pfizer COVID vaccine is already being administered to the public in the UK, and the first doses of the vaccine have been given here in the US ahead of a mass vaccination campaign on a global scale. Recently, I published a report concerning the potential adverse reactions to the Pfizer COVID vaccine that the CDC and FDA will be watching for, including death. We examined reported adverse reactions in the participants of the trials, which are still ongoing, and we also looked at reported side effects, which took place on the very first day the vaccine was rolled out in the UK. Now, it's important to recognize that the Pfizer COVID vaccine has not been approved by regulatory agencies such as the FDA. It has only received emergency use authorization, meaning that the vaccine has not gone through the standard process to get official approval from the regulatory agencies. Now, it was just reported that two healthcare workers who received the experimental shot in Alaska experienced severe adverse events after taking the experimental COVID vaccine. Healthcare workers in Chattanooga, Tennessee received the vaccine, and about 10 or 15 minutes later, a nurse who received the shot passed out on live TV. I'd like to make a quick correction to my previous report where I misstated that this took place in Chicago. It was actually Chattanooga, Tennessee. My mistake. I apologize. Now, the local media reported that the nurse did regain consciousness and appeared to be okay, which is a good thing, of course. But remember, this is an experimental vaccine that has not received official approval from government regulators, only receiving the emergency youth authorization. And the trials are still ongoing, so that makes this an experimental vaccine in my book, and the public appears to be the guinea pigs. Now, multiple governments have warned that pregnant women and children should not take the shot at this time, and they've also warned that people with allergies to medicine, vaccines, or even food to avoid the shot for now. But one of the Alaska healthcare workers who suffered a severe allergic reaction had no history of allergies and had to seek emergency medical treatment after she suffered an anaphylactic reaction and developed a rash over her face and torso, shortness of breath, and an elevated heart rate. Now, both workers in Alaska who experienced the adverse reaction only after a few minutes of taking the experimental shot had to be hospitalized in the emergency room and one was admitted to the ICU. 95% effective, huh? Well, we will address that shortly. Just like the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine uh, just received a preliminary approval from the FDA Board of Advisors. Uh, and so it's going to be getting, if it hasn't already, it's going to receive emergency youth authorization. And the shipments of this Moderna vaccine could roll out as soon as next week. Now, recently I had Dr. James Lyons-Weiler on my show. He's a research scientist who co-authored a study comparing vaccinated and unvaccinated children. I just interviewed his co-author, Dr. Paul Thomas, who had his medical license suspended uh, after that uh, study was published. Now, that interview is going to be coming out very soon. Now, recently, I came across the FDA document evaluating the Moderna vaccine and had some questions and concerns, so I called Dr. Weiler and asked him if he had seen it. He said that he had not seen it, so I sent it over to him and asked him if he could review it and get back to me, which he did a few hours later. 
He even wrote an article about it uh, that will be published very soon. But he had sent me a copy of this uh, article and gave me permission to reference it. Now, one of my concerns that prompted me to contact Dr. Weiler was that there were 13 deaths reported in the trials of Moderna, six from the vaccinated group and seven from the placebo group. Yet somehow Moderna was able to make the determination that none of the deaths were a result of the vaccine or the placebo. Now, something else I found very interesting from the FDA.gov report on the Moderna vaccine was that during data cleaning, a trial participant who received the vaccine was updated from death to severe adverse event. Additionally, during the data cleaning, a placebo participant was updated from severe adverse event to death. It's interesting. Uh, so now I'm going to share with you what Dr. Weiler wrote in his yet-to-be-published article, with his permission, of course, uh, some very interesting and concerning points. And the article is titled, Discrepancies in Moderna's FDA Report Demand Answers. Now, I'm not going to be able to read the entire article. Uh, hopefully, there will be a link out soon, and I will uh, try to update that and get that link included once it's published. But I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here, and it says, However, in contrast to what Moderna reported to the FDA, their mRNA vaccines are not established technology. It is new. As a new experimental vaccine, it deserves close and objective scrutiny. We have been told in press releases that the vaccine has a 94.5% efficacy rate. The efficacy of vaccines is understood to be a measure of effectiveness of the vaccine on an ideal population. This differs from effectiveness, which is how well the vaccine manages to induce evidence of immunity in the real population of which it's being used. In the Moderna study, they calculated efficacy as the ratio of the rate of SARS-CoV-2 infection in the vaccinated, which is 16 infected out of the 28,000 vaccinated, to the rate of infection in the placebo group, which was 275 infected out of the nearly 28,000 given the placebo. Close inspection of the Moderna report reveals that among the vaccinated, an additional 81 participants that received the vaccine and an additional 118 placebo participants developed COVID-19 diagnosis between the first and second shots. These participants were determined to be ineligible for the second dose and were removed from the study. These additional cases shift Dr. Weiler's calculations, the vaccine efficacy from 94.5% to 75.4%. He goes on to state that if a chemotherapy agent is being tested against another treatment of cancer, the deaths that occur... I'll have that story over there in the show notes as well. And uh, yeah, some pretty heavy hitting stuff today, but like this is not you know, something that I'm just like obsessing over. This is stuff happening now, right, to all of our faces and we're being told that these things are safe and effective. By the way, this is my Jackalope Freedom Festival t-shirt. I'm not representing any of the symbology here on the, t on the shirt. <laughs> no, uh, my Jackalope 2019, 2020 uh, shirt. It's, it's from 2020, it says 2019 on it. Go figure. Jackalope Freedom Festival out here in uh, Northeast Arizona. One of the reasons why we actually moved out here because we've, we've really liked the area after visiting the Jackalope Freedom Festival. But anyway, so, but yeah, this stuff, like we're being told that at the same, in one breath that vaccines are safe and effective and tested and approved by, you know, all the safety regulators and they're coming down the pipe. And at the same time that they're completely new, untested, unheard of never been done on any human beings before never tried before 
And I don't know, to me, I mean, that just doesn't make me feel confident that they're safe. And then um, I think what we'll see is that there will be massive fallout and massive repercussions, uh, not for the people that are doing the things to harm people by rushing this stuff through for profit and potentially other purposes as well, including eugenics and uh, transhumanism, as we've talked about a lot on this show, but also, uh, you know, just the fact that again this stuff's going to come down really fast uh a lot of people are being put in a position where they don't really have they feel like they don't have the decision to make and they're going to be putting their family and their their whole life at risk to take some experimental vaccine to protect them from something that has other ways of treating it you can take uh, other things that can help you overcome COVID if you get it and if you already have it, I mean, I don't see how the vaccine helps you at that point. If you've already got COVID or you're already in the middle of dealing with it, then we should p- potentially be spending a time and perhaps these health agencies and regulatory bodies that are supposed to be looking out for us should be helping educate us on other things that we can do besides just lock down, mask up and take vaccines. I mean, that seems to be their only solutions that were being fed from the mainstream scientists that the Rockefeller said that the most of us listen to and study but if we're only listening to certain outlets of information then we're only going to be getting uh certain opinions and so i'm not saying like you should believe everything you read or see on the main sh- on alternative media either just because it's alternative doesn't make it true either um but just a couple more things and then i'm going to wrap it up here today guys uh i didn't plan on going more than an hour on these shows typically I just wanted to share the stuff that I've been working on and go into a few things, but let me just share my desk uh, again here. Uh, One thing that I built over the years that I'll also put down in the show notes and references is this uh, um, vaccine research playlist, which I've put on a YouTube channel that that's the only thing on this like particular account, just because I wanted it to not be associated with like my other main account um because i figured it would be controversial but as you can see like now the things that i go ahead and talk about on youtube are controversial as well apparently and we're not even allowed to talk about the things that i've talked about here today on the youtube and z you can only wonder why but check this uh playlist out i think it's definitely worth still going through and i created it for people that need to have some of the information that's out there regarding vaccines from doctors and scientists and studies and well compiled documentaries and data points and uh this will also be on my website tylerblair.com once this post goes up obviously it's not going to be able to go up on youtube i'm not going to go and like edit it to be up on youtube but you can find my particular channel on bitshoot here uh you'll so the replay will be posted right alongside here it'll be on my website tylerblair.com obviously and then you can also get it over on my library channel once I'm caught up with my video uploading over there which I'm not quite yet so we don't even we don't even need to bother really going to my channel here but I do have a library channel I'm uploading there but I'm not quite caught up yet so the caught up alternative platform that I do have all my videos posted on is BitChute we definitely have alternative setup for live streaming so I'm not even worried about that so I've been out ahead thinking like the stuff I want to talk about is going to be not allowed on mainstream channels for a long time now so I'm set up to go, good to go on those things. Um, besides that, my family came home earlier than I thought they would be, or I just lost track of time today, and I want to spend a little bit of time with them before I get into 
the Grand Theft World tonight, and I have some more preparation to do for that. Uh, so I had a couple other things I wanted to cover in the show today, but I think what I'm really trying to do is just get into more of the habit of uh, being more consistent with my production and getting some of the information out that I feel like is important at this time to talk about as well as, uh, yeah, just working with other people doing the same. Lots of big, fun, exciting announcements that I'll have in the first quarter of 2021 to talk about, more ways to interact and contribute and help with the things that we're doing here as well as like me turning around and being able to help the audience and anybody that's like looking to do more production basically is the little bit that I can give away now within the stones media network is going to have a course set up that tylerbloyer.com and my live streams I can direct people to to learn about how I'm doing what I'm doing here there'll be a free course set up initially to that goes over a lot of the basics and then I want to have like a more advanced master class where There will be a fee to get into the course, but then you'll be able to consume that material and I'll keep it updated as time goes on with the things that I'm learning more about, like permanent publishing, how to do live streaming, how to get out uh, your voice, even if you're going to be censored and things like that. So that's what's coming in the future. Um, For now, I'm going to go ahead and I guess leave you with some more copywritten material uh, since we're already been slammed off the YouTube today. Uh, I'll just go ahead and leave you with a nice little outro song to kind of capture the mood here of today's show appreciate anybody who's watched and uh again stay for, uh, tuned in tonight go to night at 9 p.m eastern you can see us on grandtheftworld.com slash live and next week uh might not be doing a live stream for tylerboyer.com next week on sunday but definitely in the coming months uh sunday probably typically going to be the day and then i have some more um content that i'm planning to produce with some others we might do some co-production together on on a show which will probably stream on the tylerblair.com slash live show so that's going to be it for me today guys thanks for your time and attention and i hope you all have a good one
Netflix docu-series called Pandemic. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like they had it all planned out, just ready to go.